0: Praise the Lord! Did you see? Check out Alex, man. He's like sharp, man. Yeah. He said. He said, in order to sound good, I gotta look good. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say. That. <laughs> Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, open them up to the book of Exodus. Exodus, the second book of the Bible. Exodus, chapter 13. I'm gonna read one verse. Verse 17. And I would encourage you to read the story. There's so much there in the story. But verse 17, I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible, and it says this Exodus chapter 13. Verse 17 says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was a, that, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Let's pray. Father God, I pray this morning that you would help me, Father, to communicate your word to your people. These are your words, Father God, and I thank you, Lord, that... You have entrusted me to speak these words. I thank you, Father God, for the faithfulness of all those who have been preaching and teaching your word. And I just pray that you would help me to communicate this morning. Let your word land on on soil that will produce fruit, Father. We thank you this morning. We ask this all in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, I don't know if you've ever taken a shortcut. Shortcuts sometimes are good. They get you to your destination faster right good shortcuts work right they're time savers find a good shortcut you save time in traffic right you have those apps that help you to get where you need to go pathways through the office building you know a shortcut to the the lunch room or whatever you find that shortcut praise the lord right Or, or something on your phone one of those phone apps that that helps you to, to save time. You're able to accomplish whatever that task might be in, the, in a fraction of the time it normally takes. And you find a, a shortcut, a shortcut can be great. It saves you time, it'll be a great thing. Uh, today, I mean, we look for shortcuts in everything. When you think about it, we're, we're, we're like a fast paced society, super fast paced society. Shortcuts for everything, breakfast, dinner, all right, we don't wait anymore. Right? Hot pockets. Hello. <laughs> Hamburger helper. Everything to help you to make it faster. Shortcuts. Shortcuts in romance. Online love. Hello. Just click, baby. You know, click and you're in your mind, right? That's that's how it works. Fast pace. But when you think about it, there are no shortcuts to anything worth having really having there's no shortcuts to any place worth going when you really want something and it's valuable something that is necessary there are no shortcuts there are some things that you can't cut corners on there are some things that are uh, meant to be fully experienced and you have to take your time you have to wait it out right it may take a little longer And in some cases, it may be a little more uncomfortable, but it's necessary. Where we uh, go camping uh, uh, out in in a place near, near, near this place called Donner's Pass, Donner's Pass. There was a guy by the name of George Donner. Way back in 1846, he took a group of people, 81 people, or it was 81, I believe, 86 or something like that. And they left Missouri to come to California. Now, on the path that he took, there was the tried and true and tested path to get to California, but he wanted to take a shortcut, a shortcut through the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Have you ever been around those mountains? Tall in fact, some of the tallest mountains in in the U.S. And he tried to find a pass through uh, the, the, um, the mountains called the Hastings Cut-Off. It was a shortcut, tried to take a shortcut. But it was rough and it slowed them down. And over time, they began to to waste time. They started in May. And and by the time they got to the top of the mountain, December had come. And then a snowstorm came and, and trapped them there at the top of the mountain. And for four months, they were trapped on the top of that mountain. They ran out of food. So they began to boil their shoestrings and boil tree bark. And, and animal hides, trying to find things to eat. No food until eventually they started eating each other. Right there on the Donner Pass, right? As each person died from the cold, they served them up on a plate, right? There's a little leg, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Seriously, man, and children ate their parents. Parents ate their children. 87, it was 87 people who went up into that mountain. Only 48 came out. So in this case, the shortcut killed him. The shortcut didn't work. Ironically, he knew that there was a safe place, a safe way around around the, the mountain that was proven. Many had gone the safe route. But sometimes people are drawn to the shortcut, man. The shortcut, it'll save me time. It'll save me time. I I could just do this faster. I don't have to worry about the hassle of developing this thing or whatever it may be. Shortcuts, and, and it gets people into trouble sometimes. Shortcuts make promises that they can't keep. Shortcuts, they bring us to places where we lose a whole lot of life because we're trying to get there faster. That shortcut kept entire families from reaching their destination. Children would never grow up because of that shortcut. And there are some things in life, and I'm sure you've experienced this, there's some things in life you can't cut corners on. You've got to live through. You've got you to just take it all in. Some things require the distance. Some things require the time. And here in Exodus, chapter 13, verse 17, that's exactly what's taking place here. God was with them. As Pharaoh says, okay, you know what, man, enough is enough. The plagues, the frogs, blood in the water, piojos, whatever it was that came upon them. The Pharaoh finally says, you know what, enough is enough. You guys get out of here. Get out of Egypt. And God went with them. The Bible says that upon their release, when Pharaoh finally set the captives free, God didn't lead them on the road through the Philistine country, even though that was the shortest route. Even though that was the the fastest, the shortcut, the straight shot, it was a shorter route. It would have saved them time. It would have been less stress. It was sensible and rational. But some things you just can't cut corners on. God had this idea that, hey, no, this is not the way I want you to go. I have another way. And the same way God may obligate me and you on a tougher journey. A longer journey. God may choose a path that is not the easiest. And if you've ever walked with God, you you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes the journey is not the shortest or the easiest. God says, for if they face war, they might change their minds. If they face war, because if I take them on this route, eventually, without a doubt, they're going to face the Philistines. The Philistines will show up on that path. And if they have to face war, they're going back back to Egypt, as much as they hated Egypt, they'd be willing to go back. Some people have grown, grown impatient. Uh, even here, when you think about uh, this, there, there are people who've tried to take shortcuts, and they grow impatient, and, and they, they get restless with the path that they're on, and they drift back to slavery, drift back to Egypt, back to that night train. Hello, somebody. Womanizing. Womanizing. Back to the, the wet daddies, right? Nightclubbing. Yeah, see, some of you guys are, Whoa! how do you know? <laughs> back to the neighborhood. Workaholism. We're the workaholics at work, right? Some may have only gone halfway back. They're not all the way in Egypt yet, but they're not here. They're not fully present. The Bible is showing us that it's God who manufactures the longer route sometimes, the tough route sometimes, the detour, the detour. I've been been blamed for detours sometimes. You've been blamed for detours. The Bible tells us that it was God who chose this route. God keeps us from potential challenges sometimes when he takes a different way. And he is not ashamed to do that. The last thing God wants for his children is for them to go back into bondage. So he finds a way, a safer route. It may be longer, it may be tougher, but it's safer. So in order to keep them from uh, going back to Egypt, in order to keep them far away from Egypt, God has to keep them far away from the Philistines. Let me take you on a different path. In Proverbs 14, 12, and, and many of us know this passage, it says there is a way that seems right to a man, right? There's a way that we think, man, this has got to be it. I know it, man. It seems right. And if you're a swearing man or a swearing woman, you would swear this is the right way to go. There's no better way for me to go than this way. But in the end, the Bible says, what is it? Where does it lead? It leads to death, leads to destruction. That's right. You can rationalize it. You can measure it, calculate it, deduce it. You can use all the the mental powers you have, but you cannot outwit God. God knows where he is taking us. He knows exactly what lies ahead of us. He knows exactly what we need. A week or two ago, I talked about the ant. Remember the little ant, my ant friend? I talked about how far it can see. An ant can only see a foot ahead of itself, two feet on a clear day maybe, you know? No obstructions, I can see two feet ahead. But they say that a person on a clear day, level surface, can see three miles straight ahead. Three miles ahead. Think of the difference. That is like 16,000 times farther than the ant can see. Now, think about God's perspective ahead of me or ahead of you. How much farther can God see? And God sees not just in distance, but in time. God can see my tomorrow and my next week and a month from now and a year from now. In fact, as he sees my future, he can also see my past and understand where I've been and how my frame is is constructed. What can I handle out ahead of me? So he chooses a path that will give me success. He chooses a path that will give you success. He chooses the way. He makes the way. And that's exactly what he's doing here. He takes into, consider, into consideration who you are, who I am, who we are, where we're going, and all that lies ahead of us. It's Christ that sustains us. It's Christ that he sends ahead of us to walk with us. Any other path would be outside the will of God for us. So he chooses a path that will, that will sustain us. And and, and only on God's path will we find Christ. Any other path, we're going to be lost. In fact, it was Christ that was with them on this path. The children of Israel were kept alive because Christ himself was on that path. You might say, Pastor Kevin, how do you know that? Jesus wasn't even born yet. And you're right. Christ incarnate was not yet born. He had not been born in Bethlehem. But the Bible tells us that the spirit of Christ that sustains us this very moment was with them on that road, on that path. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 through 4. He says, for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Christ was walking with them when they were walking on their road, up the hills, in the valleys, around the bushes. He was right there with them. And whenever they were thirsty, they could speak to the rock. Whatever rock was there, speak to the rock. And he gave them water to drink. He was with them. As manna fell from the heavens, he was with them on the long journey, on the tough journey, on the journey that seems like, man, who, who put us on this path? Moses, is this your calculation? Moses, Blaming Moses, blaming people, blaming circumstances. And it was God all along. It was God all along. But Christ was with them in the desert. Christ was with them all the way. God's way is always the right way even when it's not the quickest way. God has a plan for you. And he's not making it up as we go. He has a plan for you. The things that we need to experience along the way, believe it or not, he's going to bring us to that place where we experience those things. And we're shaped by those experiences. We're shaped by those challenges. There are some people who can testify, thank God my life went the way it went. I thank God for the path that he put me on. I would have never met the Lord had I not been on the path that I was on. I would have never gone into the home if it was not for the path that I was on. I had not, if I had not taken that path, I wouldn't be here today. Right? There's some people that would not be alive if it wasn't for the path that God put them on. Right? I wouldn't have met my wife. Right? Thank God you didn't get on that plane. You find out later that the plane never made it to its destination, All right? Or you didn't marry that person you were going to marry or take that job you were going to take. God had you on a different path, a safer path. It may have been longer and harder, but it brought you to a place where you met him and Christ was with you, right? Christ was with you. God's way may not be the most pleasant, But God's way is always going to be the most perfect way. God's way may not always be the most scenic, but it's always going to be the safest. You'll meet Jesus on God's way. Your way makes sense from your perspective. My way makes sense from my perspective, but God's way makes sense from a divine perspective. Is it hard sometimes? You better believe it, right? Would it be easier to take a shortcut? You better believe it. But you take a shortcut, you might start eating people, right? (laughs) But along God's path, you find grace. There's grace at every turn. Grace with every footstep. And that's what it means for, for Christ to have been on that path. Paul understood it. Paul saw that. When they were thirsty, grace was present. When they were hungry, grace was there. Grace kept them. Grace sustained them. Let Go on this path. Just trust me. God, just trust me. Take this way. It's a longer way. Th- there is a shorter way. It took them a long time to get to their destination. But grace sustained them. Had they not gone this way, the, e- the Egyptian army would still be around and kicking, right? It was this way that led the Egyptian army to the Red Sea. Had they not gone this way, they would have had no need for the manna. Because God took them through the desert where there was no food but if I take you to a place where, where, where you're without food without shelter without without fine I will provide for you if they, if they had not gone this way there would not have been water from the rock there would have been plenty of water a different way but let me provide for you my way grace is God saying that I know a better way grace is God saying trust me in the detour That's what grace is. Moses was not the author of the detour. Pastor Kevin is not the author of the detour, right? Circumstances, they're not the author of the detour. The devil is not even the author of the detour. The Bible says that God led them on a different way. God understands the best path for you, the most appropriate path for you and for me. Some have blamed themselves for the detour. Why am I here? What am I doing? Some have blamed circumstances, some have blamed me. Hello, don't worry, I blamed you, right? (laughs) But in reality, it's God who takes us in a different way. There's no shortcuts to genuine friendship. There's no shortcuts for that. There's no shortcuts to wisdom. Sometimes you have to live life to learn some things. There's no shortcuts to growth. Right? You ever been in debt? There's no shortcuts to getting out of debt. Right? We generally have a fast-paced mindset. Well, we want instant everything. When I'm helping st- uh, the students, like, they, they have to write these papers. And, and it's a long paper, and I just tell them, hey, you just got to work on it little by little. Think of life on a farm. Anybody live on a farm? Probably. Oh, hey, man, oh, yeah, Brother Phil, the farm man. Right. Farmer Phil, Dr. Phil. Man, on a farm, you can plant your seeds as early in the year as you want, early in the morning as you want. But you have to wait for God to bring the sunshine. You have to wait for God to bring the rain. You have to wait for God to cause that thing to grow. You have to wait for God to make it produce its fruit and to that fruit to ripen. If God isn't in it, then what do you have? You have nothing. Right. You have to wait for God. There's no cramming on a farm. There's no fast track. You can't like get hurry up seeds. There's no magic seeds that you hurry. Let's hurry this thing up. Right. You have to wait. There's no cutting corners, no shortcuts. There's no cramming. There's no instant anything. Right. Like the, you know, Eggo waffles, whatever you instant, just boom. You know, and they're they're ready. There's no instant seeds. You drop in the the next day, you come out. The next morning is a beanstalk. You gotta wait for it. And in nature, just like in life, especially in the life of a believer, there are some things that need to be fully experienced. There are relationships that are worth waiting for. Don't try to rush into a relationship. Let God do it. Let God mature us and prepare us and provide for us. Man, I, I was sharing with somebody, man, the, the, the passage where, where Adam and Eve met, man, it says that God brought Eve. To Adam he didn't have to go looking for her she didn't have to go look for. he brought her he said, here let me bring this person you don't have to create cir- circumstances scenarios hello you know and show up and God will do it I, I know it worked for Jacob but you know it may not work for us right <laughs> hello baby <laughs> right for, for Ben, hey, man, it worked for Ben. <laughs> but there's no shortcuts for the rest of us, man. <laughs> right? There are some pathways that are worth the drive. If you ever had Tracy's food, man, it's worth the wait. I got to wait a year for another peach cobbler. The Bible says God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. And God may obligate us to a longer journey. It takes a little longer because he knows what lies ahead of you. He knows the path. He knows the journey. He knows what you need. So as we stand this morning, I want you to think about how long has your journey been? How difficult has the journey been? How long have you been on this journey? All right. And thank God for the journey that you're on. He knows what you need. It was on this journey that they were able to speak to the rock. Praise God for that. It was on this journey that every opposing kingdom, every single one of them fell before them. Some of them, all they had to do is march around them, shout. They didn't even have to pull out their weapons of war. That's grace. God was with them on this journey. Their clothes didn't wear out. They were cared for, protected. That's grace. That's grace. I don't know what the journey has been for you, but God knows the best way for us. Amen. Father God, I pray this morning, Father, for wherever we are on the journey that you have us on this morning, wherever the place may be, wherever we are on that path, Father, I pray your grace, your protection that we recognize Christ with us, Christ with us, walking with us, providing for us. Father, help us to see the manna as it is falling upon us. Help us to recognize the rock that will produce water, the most unusual, mysterious, unexplainable event that water will come to us. In the most unlikely places, if we are on your path, grace follows us on the path of God, on the journey of God. Those that have waited, those that have been searching, those that have been praying, and we've prayed for years, Lord God, you have us on a, on a journey, the right journey for us. And I pray, Father God, that you would, that you would confirm that you are with us, that you are the author of this journey that we're on. You have manufactured, created, constructed this path. You built it especially especially for us. And I just pray, Lord God, that we would see Christ along the way. Provide for us. Meet our needs, my God. You know what they are on this path. We thank you this morning, Father God, for your words as you reveal who you are. To your people this is who you are now this morning i pray father for those my god that hear your word those that have been praying and they have been patient lord god i pray you would confirm your direction in their life confirm the path that you have them on speak to us this morning this morning we need to hear from you lord god and i pray this morning you would meet us here at this altar in jesus name amen Amen. This morning, if God has spoken to you, perhaps you've prayed, you've been praying for family, whatever you've been praying, maybe whatever it may be. And and you feel as though the wait has been long. God, what are you doing? God, do you hear me? God, do you hear me? Yes, he hears us. And there are times he has us on a journey that takes us through deserted places. It may be long, maybe uncomfortable. But you can believe that grace will follow you on the path that God has you on. Just look for Him. Call out to Him this morning. He's there for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You provide the fire, and I'll provide the sacrifice.